hold the fort. Wait, so there was a bear who like ate like yeah. what, like a pound of cocaine? How much cocaine did the bear eat? It was I think it was more than a pound, but I cannot recall how Holy much. Holy crap, Just that consumed. bear was messed up. Yeah. Welcome to the Skiffy Fanny Show in 2023, the year of our Lord and Savior known as the Cinnabon at the Mall of America. My New Year's resolution was to stop using references to the mountain goats this year to refer to our collective malaise. So instead, I'm using references to werewolf gimmick, also by the mountain goats. You listen to a band that's just a pair of mountain goats that sing? Uh, yes. Also, one of those mountain goats is uh, in Poker Face, but we're not talking about Poker Face right now. Wait, wait hold on. Like... Are they like a metal band? Like, is it just like, meh? Like, is that oh, like God. what it is? <laughs> like, and they just like put some like heavy, heavy guitars That's, under them? Uh, you know, even, even if we continue to extend this joke, there would still be a folk band. <laughs> yeah. It could be a folk metal band. I mean, yes, that exists. And it's not yeah, like I mean, they like, would be out of their real house, but still. Anyway, I'm Sean. I'm Brandon. Uh, and today we're going to share a lot of updates on the show, changes and exciting things to come this year, what we most enjoyed in 2022, and what we're most looking forward to in 2023, using our infamous arbitrary narrowing system developed by robotic gophers. But before we refer to those gophers, we have a lot of announcements for you, actually. Well, maybe a lot. Somewhere between 3 and 14 million. We're still counting in the process of actually delivering those announcements. So I'll just deliver those announcements, I guess. Uh, first, we're doing something different this year. Um, last year, you might recall, um, our holiday special, Torture Cinema, was live-streamed as the crew spoke about uh, the cinematic classic, in scare quotes, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. And those folks loved it very much. Um, one of which folks is in this podcast session with me right now that we actually spoke about it and decided we would do more streamed stuff which i'm very very much looking forward to um so one of those things in fact uh starting at the end of february we will now be live streaming torture cinema so you get to hear everybody's wonderful intelligent takes about absolutely terrible movies live this time so that's going to be a lot of fun so we're looking forward to doing that on the last Saturday of almost every month. We're still trying to figure out the schedule. So when we get more ideas about what we want to watch and what pace we want to watch them at, you will learn more about that as well. And the other thing that we're uh, thinking about live streaming is a whole new show that we're still working on that will cover current events in fandom, listener suggestions, and other random things. A kind of, this is what's happening this month kind of thing. Take Like... Imagine the news, but for fandom, and then imagine that that was fun instead of boring and frustrating. We have no idea what we're calling it yet. We have no idea what its format is going to be, and we're still trying to figure out that uh, schedule as well. So if you have any suggestions, there is a place where listeners of the podcast place their suggestions, and it's in skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. So please feel free to give us any ideas at all. Give us more questions that you'd like us to answer as we have in previous episodes. Give us 
things that you think the thing should be called. Tell us what kind of stuff you'd like us to cover in those streams. And we would like to do that for you as much as possible, starting very likely in April. No, no, it'll start sooner than that. It starts in March. Oh, ho, it's starting in March. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just that through April is where we're guaranteed it's going to be the first Friday of every month. So March and April, it'll be the first Friday of March and April. Guaranteed. Okay. Look forward to both of those things. I'm very excited. And I'm going to be on camera with Sean. So I hope that you're My also God. very excited to watch both of us be silly. And sometimes very smart, but mostly silly. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond that, there's more stuff. Uh, we are going to be making changes to Patreon this year. Mostly like with the structure of Patreon and with the goals of Patreon. So if you're on there already, uh, you're just going to see the the tiers. Makes, there's going to be some adjustments to the tiers, like what they entail. Not very dramatic ones, just it's going to be about streamlining what we can provide there and then adjusting the tiers to account for some stuff that we would like to do. In particular, we are trying to do a plan that we'll be talking about very soon here, or at least very soon after this recording. It'll probably already be discussed by the time this releases. Uh, basically to get transcriptions of episodes, past and then obviously future so that we can have a more inclusive show for folks who would like to kind of participate in enjoying what we produce. But perhaps uh, audio is not a medium that is their preferred medium, either for access reasons or just frankly preference. So we want to do that. So we're working on that. Um, that'll come with what changes come to to, uh, to our patrons. So if you're currently a supporter, expect to see those changes at some point in February. If you're not, please join patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty. Any amount is wonderful, but at the very least, a dollar a month, if you got got it to spare, does wonders. Mm-hmm. A reminder, again, very lovely listeners, that the things that we make for you are free to consume, but we can only continue making it better with your support. So please feel free to join our Patreon, and also please feel free to share the podcast with folks who are not presently listening to the podcast, especially people who are not in the know about things that are going on in the thing. Again, we're talking about stuff that we enjoy, books that we really liked, silly movies that are still silly enough that you can watch them and laugh, movies that we actually did like. You can share that with folks who you think would benefit from learning about cool stuff that is going on in SFF, because that's what we're making. Give, the thing give you do. an example of a bonkers movie we're probably covering because he is making us do it. I just saw the trailer for Cocaine Bear. <laughs> cocaine it is a movie bear. about people being accosted by a bear who likes cocaine. Well, not a bear that likes cocaine. A bear that He's did a lot cocaine. of cocaine all at once. Um, yes. Which is delightful because it's based on a true story. So we definitely have to talk about that. It's going to be wild. There's a real cocaine bear? Yeah. The, the movie Cocaine what? Bear is what? based on a real bear that really found part of Pablo Escobar's stash, ate it all not knowing what it was, and then went on a rampage. The things that happen in the movie are not the things that happened in real life, though. But still! Wait, hold the fort! Wait, so there was a bear who, like, ate, like, yeah. what, like a pound of cocaine? How much cocaine did the bear eat? It was, I think it was more than a pound, but I cannot recall how Holy much. Holy crap, Just that consumed. bear was messed up! Yeah, that bear had it rough. I feel more, most sorry for the bear. Um, but we will talk about that when we see the movie, Sean. Wow. Well, that one's, that one's coming. 
Just yes. <laughs> so, see, this is how excited we are, and the movie isn't even out yet. And we have these kinds of yeah. excite- excitement feelings about all kinds of things all the time. And you can share these feelings yeah. with your friends by letting them know that this podcast exists. What's the other thing that we're going to be doing this year a bit more than normal, Paul? Or not Paul. Let me rephrase that. What is another thing we're going to be doing this year, Brandon, that is also exciting? We're going to be doing more interviews, views, views. I'm very excited to be able to have more opportunities to chat with other people in the industry about the work that they're putting out. We didn't do a lot of them in the last few years for all kinds of reasons, mostly scheduling reasons on our end and on the end of all the people who are making cool stuff. But this year, we're deliberately putting together a schedule so we can fit in as many people as possible who are available, who have things coming out in 2023 that would benefit from more people hearing about their cool things. So we specifically want to continue spotlighting creators of color throughout this year, as as we did last year, in our interviews and in media coverage. But this is an invitation to everybody listening who is also doing cool stuff and would like people to hear about the cool stuff. Please let us know that you have something coming up in 2023 and are available for an interview. We would like to talk to you. And a friendly reminder, when you're hearing this, keep that in mind for the second half too. We'll do another call mid-year. It's a little bit difficult to know exactly the schedule for book releases really past about June. So if you know you've got a book coming out some point at the end of the year, keep an eye out for that next call uh, and just do let us know as soon as it comes out so we can uh, hopefully try to get you on the show or at somehow or some some way. Yeah, yeah, we would like that a lot. And those are all of the things that we'd like to do more of, but we would like to do a thing of things that we have not done before. And what are those things? True. Well, it's just one thing, uh, which we've never done before for this show, but we should really do. And we keep talking about doing it. So we're going to do it. I literally have no idea when we're going to do it or for how long, but we're going to do it at some point this year. It's going to happen. And that will be some form of actual play play live show. Mm-hmm. We don't know who's going to run it. We don't know what system it's going to be. I just decided we're doing it this year because I keep saying so. It could be a one shot. It could be a three shot. It could be Brandon running a very long, nightmarishly hopeful campaign using Root. It could be Mike Underwood taking us to a fantasy world of wizards and talking elephants. It could be Paul taking us through the cosmos to discover new life and new civilizations and to go boldly to places, that sort of thing. Or maybe I'll do it and we'll go to Twisted Realms of the alternate universe to which the uh, Event Horizon eventually went um, if if people would like something more terrifying. I don't know. I literally don't know. We haven't decided. All we've decided is it's going to happen. Yeah. That's it. I'm in favor of this. Lots of people in Skiffy already play and run RPGs all the time on all kinds of other things. So we might as well try it at least once. I think it would be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I think that's all of the announcements. There are probably more things that we have to announce at some point, but we'll have to announce them later because I don't know what they are. So when we, when we counted between three and infinity, we closed at five. Good. Noted. All right. So let's get to what the point of this episode is really that's primary, which is it's the first episode of the season and we did lots of things last year and we're going to hopefully enjoy many things this year. So our goal is to go over the things we enjoyed in 2022 to start. So as always, our categories are some sort of book thing, some sort of media thing, and then some sort of other thing, which is some sort of geeky event or moment or something of that nature. Um, not like you bought new shoes, unless they were common rider shoes. 
I mean, if I did, I would have put it here. But no more distractions. Sean, um, what's a book that you really enjoyed in 2022? So I didn't read as much last year as I would have liked. Uh, but the book that I've chosen is naturally a book that Brandon also enjoyed, although it is not Brandon's thing on Brandon's list. And that is the book, The Ballad of Perilous Graves by Alex Jennings, which we both read and we both interviewed Alex for. And while there were a handful of books last year that I got to read that I thought were very, very good, this is the one that really blew me away because it was just, it was the narrative voice that did it. It was the way it was written. It just sucked me in like, like a hurricane. Like I felt like I was just being dragged straight into this adventure. So I also just love Alex. I think Alex is like a really nice, nice person. And I really want Alex to have many, 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 many successes. And I hope that this book was successful for him uh, because Ballad of Perilous Graves is would absolutely be on a Hugo ballot if we get to make a Hugo ballot this year. Yeah, I agree. I have a lot of feelings about the Ballad of Perilous Graves. Uh, I agree that Alex is absolutely brilliant. And yeah. absolutely deserves to have people rave about this book. Not just because Alex is cool, but because the book is, in fact, incredibly dope. If you haven't read The Ballad of Perilous Graves yet, you should do that. As for me... Yeah, what's your book thing? I know this book. You know this book? Nice. I have this book. <laughs> I'm very glad. I hope that you. I hope that you are reading it and very much enjoying it. My book thing is Grey Shade by Gregory A. Wilson. I had the good fortune of actually sensitivity reading for Grey Shade. So I read it before everybody else did. Um, and it is, without a doubt, one of my favorite fantasy novels of the past, like, five to ten years. And this is noting that, in a lot of ways, for a lot of reasons, someone might pick up Grey Shade and think that it is a run-of-the-mill fantasy thing. Here's a guy. He has a sword. He has enemies. He stabs his enemies with his sword. He also conveniently looks like the author. <laughs> this is a thing that if you point it out to Greg, he will deny that that was deliberate. But the thing that stands out to me about Gracian as a novel, because I actually was a big part of the Kickstarter campaign for the trilogy that Gracian is the first novel in, because I'm also designing the RPG for um, the world of that book. Totally separate from having read it. This is just because I enjoyed the thing so much that I wanted to continue supporting the thing. And that's because Grey Shade is one of the few fiction works that I've ever consumed in any genre, in any medium, that is concerned with matters of faith and religious identity in ways that are not very uh, black and white. And like it gives room to essentially ask the question... What if you have a crisis of faith that is so deep and so strong that it upsets the way that you see your own place in the world, but you have no idea what to replace this feeling with because this faith is still also the only thing that you've ever known? And I think that that's really cool. I think that a lot of people, regardless of your own connection to that particular narrative through line will enjoy the story itself because the story itself is still very cool and full of swashbuckling action that you will enjoy in any of your other sword and, sword and sorcery fair. But especially if that is a theme that you want to see more work explore, I think that this work explores it very well. Um, I think that you will like even some of the 
terrible characters in this book are presented in ways that are easy to narratively value. You mightn't like them. You mightn't think that they're pleasant people, but you will think that they're kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, I think that Greyhead is definitely worth more more eyes on it. Definitely keep those things on your radar. And as well, as I mentioned, RPG things coming soon in 2023. So yes, Greyshade. Perfect. So we get to media? Yes. What is your media thing, Sean? Well, you know it. Of course you do. Of course I uh, do. Like, it's weird. Since COVID, uh, I've I've just like given up keeping up. I just watch whatever I want now. Like, I'm like three series behind on Marvel, Disney... I don't know, DC's probably doing stuff. Like, I'm just so behind. I haven't seen, I think I haven't seen any new movie from last year. <laughs> like, at all. Uh, unless, unless the Snyder Cut. Did the Snyder Cut come out last year? I don't know. I don't think that was last year. What this, is time, This Brandon? decade that we've been alive in has been, in fact, very Ugh. busy. <laughs> I don't nuts. judge you for it. Yeah. So I was going to go with like, oh, the the entire uh, James Bond movie series, because I ha- I watched that start to finish almost twice last year, but it wasn't. No, in fact, uh, there was a show that came out that uh, we did an episode on called Leverage Redemption, which I found utterly delightful for many reasons, including that it was funny. Uh, it had good heart. It had interesting an interesting ethos, I suppose you could say, of, of how it approached the idea of what redemption means and who gets to have redemption and how they approach it, whether or not we can accept one's redemption, um, what does one have to do to achieve it, those kinds of things. I thought it was just really an interesting take on the concept. Also, like the whole like magic card reference episode was just, just honestly one of the best. It would only have beaten... It would have been the best episode of the season, if not for the fact that there's a LeVar Burton episode where he plays like a secret spy librarian, which frankly is like my dream come true. So uh, go see Leverage Redemption. It's on IMDb's like channel-y thing. Yes, uh, it. it used to be called IMDb TV. It's now called Freevee because of course it is. Ugh, how did they make that worse? Yeah. Also, you want to hear a funny thing? You know this bugbear of mine very strongly. Freebie is not available available? in Trinidad and Tobago. Fucking, of course. (laughs) Well, you and I both are going to be having a fun year when it comes to piracy. Oh, yes. Unfortunately. Anyway, your media thing. Yes. Let's get to you. What about you? (laughs) What do you got? Let me me guess. What could it possibly be? Hmm, I wonder. Could it possibly have something to do with the entire media sub-podcast that I do with our good friend Iori Kusano on this network? Hmm, I wonder. Oh, you mean the Fast and Furious podcast you guys do? Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So... I also didn't consume a lot of new media this year. I consumed, like, sequels of things, or uh, subsequent seasons of things that I'm already enjoying. Uh, I spent a lot of time re-watching Guilty Pleasures and being very critical of Mm -hmm. my engagement with those Guilty Pleasures. Turns out a part of my brain is just attached to police procedurals as a format, even though I'm still highly critical of them. So now I just end up watching, like, old police framed mystery series going but this is bad you're not supposed to this i'm not supposed to enjoy this feeling so there was a lot of that but 
the other thing that I'm always very fond of consuming, even when I have very difficult feelings about it, is Kamen Rider. Um, and this uh, in 2022, a very interesting thing happened on um, Amazon Prime Video, which is Toei Productions released a Kamen Rider series on Amazon Prime, um, the, which is the second time that they've ever done this before, which was an adaptation that they had announced during their 50th anniversary celebrations the year prior of a Showa-era series called Kamen Rider Black. This series is called Kamen Rider Black Sun. So my initial feelings going into Kamen Rider Black Sun were, one, it's a Kamen Rider thing, so I have to watch it because Righteous Kicks is a thing that we we talk about Kamen Rider on the podcast. I have to watch more Kamen Rider. And then I saw the trailer for it when they released their initial trailer in early 2022. And I wasn't sure if I would enjoy it. Spoilers, the trailer and a lot of the series spends a lot of time drawing on very obvious American Black Lives Matter movement imagery. And at the time, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I made a whole tw- Twitter thread about not knowing how I feel about this. And then I watched the thing, to be sure, because if I'm going to be mad, at least I'm going to be mad on Righteous Kicks. And then I wasn't mad, or, ra- or rather I was less mad, because it still draws on a lot of Black Lives Matter imagery that I still have a lot of very strong feelings about, which you will hear about more on our Black Sun episode of Righteous Kicks that will be coming out very, very soon. Ultimately, I still ended up appreciating very deeply that it is very obviously political series. Not just in the sense that all art is obviously political because it is dealing with our place in the world and our conflicts with other people. I mean, a large part of the plot is parallels to real-life Japanese politics. Oh, okay. Cool. And I was like, this is actually really neat. All of these examples that the that are being paralleled in this TV series are actually the worst things ever, and I'm very upset. But I'm I think that it's very admirable that they took a series like this as an opportunity to attempt to have conversations about some of those things in ways that are both very even-handed in its approach about what makes someone villainous or uh, heroic, while taking real-life historical elements and the people responsible for them to task in ways that are almost prescient. I can't spoil any of those things for you. You you need to watch Black Sun. It's literally only like 12 episodes. And you can... I'm pretty sure if you have Amazon Prime Video in your territory, you can actually watch it on Amazon Prime Video right now with English subtitles. So please definitely check that out. If this is the first Kamen Rider thing that you've ever consumed, it's probably going to be the best, most radical piece of tokusatsu media that you will have watched in the last few years. So definitely check it out. Okay. That sounds very fun. Well, I'm going to get to hear the episode because I'll be editing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so very much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, well, great. So let's get to the last category, which is like our catch-all category for things. Um, so mine is, I think, a little bit obvious at this point because uh, last year I got to run the academic program for ShyCon, which was last year's WorldCon. Some people might have gone. Some people might have even attended some of the events that I helped put together. Hmm. I can't think of any of those people. 
I mean, you definitely didn't attend anything. Nope, not at all. Nothing. Not a single thing. None of that. Not a single event that I was involved in in any way, shape, or form. Uh, no, a bunch of people did actually go out to stuff, and they were seemed to be reasonably populated. So I think overall it was a, a pretty big success. Uh, I did it as an effort to try to get a little bit more experience with con running, because while I have helped with programming on things like Capricorn and things of that nature, uh, I didn't know if I could actually run like a like a, a programming thing like as a being in charge. But academic was like, okay, this is small, relatively. Let's see if I can do it. I will say that uh, while I learned a lot, I've still got a lot to learn on honestly being good at running programming for any U.S.-based convention. I'm happy to help on them, but I've definitely got a, I've got, I've got a way to go before I think I'm ready. And I think one of the reason things I've learned that from this is also that this is not easy. It is exhausting. It's sometimes thankless and things go wrong and you just that that's it. It you just it's just going to happen and you're just going to have to accept it. I think I've got gained a new sort of respect for people who do this work because frankly, most US conventions are volunteer and these are people donating their time to do something that often they just don't get a lot of credit for the work they do actually do, which is kind of a failing on the part of the community. So if anything, guys, I don't know, like if if you know people who are doing programming or whatever at a convention or volunteer, say thank you. Like it helps. I mean, unless they're being a turd gerbil and then don't say thank you. But you know, you get the idea. So anyway. So, yeah, so I did that. It was great. I, I learned a lot, made some presentations happen. It was awesome. Nice. What about you, Brandon? For me, am I... My thing in this category is also a con thing, um, because oh, in twenty twenty wow. in twenty twenty two I attended I think the most cons that I have in a single year. But uh, of of special note to me was that I got to physically attend World Fantasy in New Orleans, Louisiana, as a special guest. In part because I was supposed to have done it ages ago. Um, I was actually supposed to be special guest when World Fantasy was in Canada, um, was in Montreal. And I didn't get to do it because COVID restrictions um, were so strict in Canada that the attempt to enter the country would be so prohibitive that it would make no sense for me to physically attend. And I was like, I lost this opportunity to meet all of these cool people, um, attend this wonderful, very safe, very productive event. And I, I felt like I had missed out. And then they were like, do you still want to do the thing? Because we'd still like somebody to host the open mic that you did that one time. But we'd like you to do it Aww. physically. And I was like, yeah, I would like to do the thing. And they had me back as a special guest. And I uh, had a wonderful time. Um, the committee and all of the staff that I met for World Fantasy in New Orleans are some of the loveliest people. I... I'm so very glad that everybody enjoyed all of the content that, uh, not only that I was a part of, but so many of the things that the con did in general were very, very cool. I would like to go to another World Fantasy. I want to put World Fantasy, like, as a regular thing on the list now, if it can continually be at that level. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. And 
I would like to do it again. I would like to be a special guest again, to be sure, uh, because that was a lovely experience. <laughs> but even if I didn't, I think I would really enjoy going back to World Fantasy. So I'd like to, I'd like to do that again. That sounds great. Yeah. So that was the past. Yeah. So now that we're done looking back, we should probably start moving forward. So. Yeah, you got to get that title from the podcast yes. in, in the episode. Wow, American media has poisoned your mind. <laughs> Time for the credits <laughs> to suddenly roll, right? God damn it. But, Sean, what book are you looking forward to in 2023? Okay, well, I chose, like, there's a lot of books coming out this year that are really good. And I chose a book that is from an author who, honestly, if they'd release a book, I don't even look at what it's about. I just want it. There aren't a lot of those authors because. Frankly, not a lot of authors, I think, can do basically anything uh, that would get me hyped. This author is Anne Leckie, because Anne Leckie is releasing a new novel after many years away called Translation State, coming out from Orbit. I know nothing about this. I haven't looked at what it's about. I don't care. Anne Leckie is releasing a book called Translation State. I want that book. Orbit, put it in my hands immediately. I want it now. Give it to me. I don't want to have to argue with you. Just do it. That that's literally it. Like I just I I want this book. It's probably I mean it's probably like a science fiction book or something because Anne Lucky's brilliant. But like, it's just Anne Lucky. Like Anne Lucky, it's it's Anne Lucky, Anne Luckying. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know what to tell you. If there's anyone that we trust to do the job of being Anne Lucky very well, it's Anne Lucky. Um, you are not wrong that there is something obviously very strongly enticing about not knowing anything about the next Dan Lecky novel and just kind of consuming it sight unseen and knowing that you're going to get some very complex stuff. So, uh, yeah, I didn't even know that that was a thing that was coming out. So thank you for putting that on the radar for me. You're welcome. Uh, P. Jelly Clark also has a book coming out this year. And I don't know if Cadwell Turnbull has one, but it would make sense that the sequel might come out this year to No Gods, No Monsters. Mm-hmm. So. But I, I suspect it's next year, just based on how publishing schedules work. So, or at least very go. late in the year, and we will find out. We'll find out maybe in yeah. a couple of months, and if not, then twenty twenty four. But yes. Anyway, what about you? What book? What book? I I, I don't think I n- I've ever heard this book before. What is this book? Do you know of it? I do. I would like to read uh, a plot description for you. Ray is a pop idol in near-future Japan trying to push past middling success despite competition from Vocaloid-style digital singers. Haunted by both guilt and the insidious manipulations of a controlling talent manager, Ray is forced to question what parts of herself and those around her she will sacrifice on the path to top billing. That is the plot description for Hybrid Heart, the debut novella coming out by our good friend Ior Kusano, being released by Neon Hemlock. It is amazing. That description alone hooked me ages and ages ago when uh, Iori described it to me when they were first pitching it. I'm very excited to know that Neon Hemlock in particular is publishing it because it's Neon Hemlock's speed. I am very excited for it too eventually be loosed onto the world. I love Iori's sense in their work of communicating how vastly insidious uh, some structures can be through the lens of someone who is attempting to survive that structure rather than escape or append it. Um, And I think that that's really intriguing to me, especially 
idol culture, if you know anything about Japanese idol culture in the real world, absolutely toxic. Um, so uh, satirizing that through an SF lens, definitely my jam. So yeah, I'm very much looking forward to the thing. Well, that's great. I already know what Iori's uh, theme song is going to be for the book. Oh God, what do you what do you know it to be? It's pon pon pon. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. It's a good guess. I I highly suspect that's not the case. It's a great tune. I mean, it is. It is. But yes. So, Sean, what's your media thing? Because you just reminded me that a thing is actually happening this year and not far into the future. What is this thing? So I found out that apparently Avatar The Last Airbender, the first season of the new live action show coming out, I guess, via Netflix, is going to start this year or has started or will start. I don't know exactly when it's going to start, but it's this year in 2023. And I think it goes without saying why I'm interested in this, because Avatar, to be clear, the original Nickelodeon animated television program not to be confused with the horrific blue people movie or the equally horrific adaptation by m Night Shyamalan. the original animated series is perhaps one of the greatest television programs ever made and i think i'm stating very lightly there and so to have a live action version now done presumably more effectively and more appropriately for the narrative is very exciting i know nothing about it in terms of its cast I know no, nothing about its directors or who's making it. All I can tell you is I am definitely watching this. I am super curious to see how they adapt the series into what appears to be eight episode first season, which I suppose is is part of one of four. I'm not sure. I literally don't know. All I know is it's going to be exciting, Brandon. This is going to be so cool. Mm-hmm. You're going to see you're going to see a, a real child bend the air. <laughs> And you know what we won't get? We will not get that racist moment when all of the people of Asian descent don't realize that they're standing on rock, even though they're all earthbenders. And it just takes the lily white kid to tell them, hey, you're standing on top of rock. Oh, God. Yeah. That's the movie. That's the live action movie they made. I was flabbergasted. So, OK, I need to express a thing. So, you know, nothing about the casting, right? Nothing whatsoever. It's probably great. It is great. Netflix was releasing snippets of the cast uh, announcements for most of the latter part of 2021. Can I just give you one? Who's Zuko? Who's Zuko? Zuko, you might not know. Uh, mm, an actor okay. named Dallas Give me Dallas the one Lou. I would know. I'm just going to give you one random thing that you know. So, because I made you watch Kung Fu, you know ah. Yvonne Chapman. Um, who plays Jilan uh, in uh, Kung Fu. Yeah. She plays Avatar Kyoshi. Oh, interesting. Yay. That's a curious choice. Who plays a big flying creature? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they made any announcement about... If it's Jack Black doing the, the sound effects, I will be no, so, so stoked. <laughs> I mean, that would probably be very fun for you. But the thing that is delightful about the cast for that, uh, before I even get into my media thing, the reason why I'm so hype about this live action remake of Avatar The Last Airbender is the entire cast is made up of people who are either of Asian descent or First Nations. It's actually really, really dope. It's huge. Amber Mid Thunder yeah. is here. I'm really excited because this 
this and it's not going to stop there, right? Because secondary cast supporting and then background cast, etc., mm-hmm. are all are likely to fit within those groups. Which means there, there we're now. This show could be the thing that helps build the train of more people of those descents getting into Hollywood and and acting. Yeah, which is kind of the whole big deal. Like you can't just like you can't just magic up diversity. You have to like build it. Mm-hmm. This show could help make that possible. Yeah, I'm excited, especially because it's like main cast is made up of folks who have like credits to their name, but are not like huge, not huge. Um, Ang is being yeah. played by Gordon Cormier, who was in the stand and lost in space, but like only has like six or seven credits, obviously very talented because he was in those cool things. But like, this is hopefully an opportunity for all of those performers to break out and make a name for themselves among otherwise very um, experienced performers in all of the secondary roles as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Thank you for reminding me that that's coming out this year. We are doing an episode on this. We are not going to make it a compare it to the movie thing. We're just going to consume the thing. We'll just, we should just watch it on its own terms. Yes. And if we want to talk about it as adaptation, we can talk about that secondary, but I feel like, the best thing to do is always to watch it on its own terms. Does it work as it on its own? But that's a whole thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. what about your media thing, Brandon? So my media thing, um, remember when I said that I really like this thing called Kamen Rider? Um, and mm-hmm. I watch a lot of its supplemental media very eagerly um, on a yearly basis. Um, so another thing that was announced at the 50th anniversary Kamen Rider celebration is that in the reboot film series that was spearheaded by legendary anime director Hideaki Anno. Mm. In 2023, we are getting a Shin Kamen Rider movie. That's right. It's <laughs> It already has a trailer. Its trailer is a almost shot-for-shot recreation of the opening theme of the original series. Everything about it is cool. The new design of the suit is cool. The new design for um, all of the costumes of all of the main characters is very cool. Um, I like that in this movie, we will also meet Rider number two, Hayato Ichimonji, which means that we're probably going to be covering a lot of ground of story in the movie. And in particular, I like that the... And the conversation that people have been having based on some of the promotional material about the movie is that the grand villain organization, Shocker, is being potentially slightly reframed in the movie to make some level of commentary on cults, which is probably oh. going to be very engaging coming from Hideaki Anno as, as the uh, writer and director, because... Cults and cult mentality is a strong through line in the original premise of Evangelion, and seeing him potentially re-approach that in his media would be potentially engaging. I have no idea how strong or weak that assessment might be in the work itself, but I'm very excited to see what it would look like. But also, I'm just very excited to see Anno do the thing that he is famous for doing before he ever made any original work, which was... When Gainax, before even Gainax was called Gainax, he was in university with other media student friends, just making stuff 
that were pastiches of the things that he enjoyed because it was fun. His first student film was an Ultraman pastiche where Anno was Ultraman. <laughs> and I feel like now that he has been freed from the ever never-ending emotional curse that is Evangelion, for all of its actual uh, accolades, I think that it would be kind of really engaging to see Anno make a thing that he enjoys because he enjoys it rather than feel compelled to mean something to the rest of us, even though I'm pretty sure it will still mean something. It's true. Yeah. So, yeah. That sounds very exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see work, what comes out of that, because it sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. It comes out in March 2023 in Japan and will most likely come out somewhere in the October, November period in the West, but that's not going to stop me. <laughs> so, yes. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Sean, we've talked about books. We've talked about media. What about everything else? Well, uh, I can't list everything I'm excited for this year. So I'm going to list a very simple thing, which is, again, I have no idea what exactly we're doing, but I am very excited this year for us to do an actual play thing because I've wanted to do it for a while. I've wanted to do a lot of things for this show for a while. Uh, I tried to do it with some friends and it it didn't work out, which fair enough. Uh, Life happens. So I want to do a thing with with the Skiffy crew or a portion of the Skiffy crew, since we have too many people that you could have one with everybody in it. So that's what I'm really excited for. Uh, again, since I don't know exactly what it, what it's going to be yet, there's just that's kind of part of the excitement, actually, because there's just so much up. There's so many different things we could do. We could do almost any kind of show we wanted. We could do many different kinds. We could do a bunch of one shots. We could do a mini campaign. We could just do one show and see how it goes. I don't know. There's so much opportunity there. I just want to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I feel like an actual play with the people that are on the show would be fun. So there it is. Yeah, I agree. I am inclined to agree with you um, because my thing is (laughs) just more of this. So for context, I did a count the other day. Do you want to know how many tabletop role-playing game actual plays I am presently a part of? Six. Just just short of that. I just closed one. I'm playing in another. I'm playing in one more and just got added to the crew of yet another one. And I'm I heard. planning another one later in the year. So suffice it to say that I am very thoroughly engaged with this and it is giving me great joy. I'm doing a lot of things for Speculate, obviously, including um, being one of the players on uh, Court of Blades Valorward. I just joined the crew of Gregory Wilson's uh, Infinity and Beyond game of Eberron, which I'm having a lot of fun with. I just joined the crew over at the Initiative Order where we're playing the Power Rangers RPG. I heard you... you... You, oh, <laughs> Did I, are you the Green Ranger? You better be the Green Ranger. I am not the Green Ranger, but you would be pleased to know that my physical copy of the Power Rangers RPG is the Green Ranger cover of the book. Okay. But yeah, I like all of the tabletop stuff that I'm presently doing. I'm designing a lot of games right now. I, As previously mentioned, I'm working on the RPG tie-in game for the Grey Shade novels. Um, so I'm very excited for people to see and hear more about that. I randomly 
uh, got inspired a couple of months ago to work on role playing game system of my own, just like a total like reskin of Blades in the Dark with some whole new mechanics that I'm very excited to test out at some point. Um, so that's been on my brain very eagerly for some months now. The list of games that I want to play with friends has gotten very long. Like I bought Parentless RPG specifically to play with with uh Sean and some other people. I got stuff like Alice is Missing. I got the latest edition of Hunter the Reckoning because I want us to play essentially what if Supernatural was full of idiots. <gasps> let's do it. Oh my god, let's do it. Yes, right? I can play an idiot. I can play an idiot. <laughs> So suffice it to say, the list of things that I want to play is gets very long and getting longer, and I want more opportunities to do that, and I want this new actual play thing to be one of those opportunities, but I don't want it to be the only one, because I just want to have more opportunities to play with my friends. So yes, I'm very excited for this, I'm very excited for whatever new stuff is going to drop in 2023 that I'm also going to be hype about because um, I am supposed to be attending Gen Con later in the year and I'm sure I'm going to walk into that dealer's hall and go, ooh, this book looks shiny and I'm going to find another thing that I'm going to need to play before the year is done. But yeah, I am stoked for more opportunities to play some cool games with cool people. Yeah, I'm with you there. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of RPGs too that need to get played. Oh, ho. Is there a thing That's that a you lot. absolutely positively want to do before the year is done? I don't think I could run it, but I have the Avatar RPG. That's actually a lot. Of, like, I've read it. It's actually really cool. I would like very much to play or run it. I would very much like to play it. I don't feel like I am comfortable enough in my knowledge of the world that I could run it, but I very much want to play it. Uh, that one is one that I'm really excited about. I also would be very interested. We, we've got Pathfinder because mm -hmm. I want to try something that's not the uh, the elephant in the room uh, right now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I, and I've got a bunch of others that are just like really small time ones that I thought were really cool. Like I've got um, Orbital, Orbital Blues, which is like a space Western kind of thing, which looks kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And there's just a bunch. I got a, like a C, man. I got so many. I got like creepy ones. I got like silly ones. There's also Root, which I don't own yet, but I find Root very interesting. Mm -hmm. Animal Fantasy, like Mouse Guard or any of those. Yeah. I want us to play Moles. Noted. We should have like a game based on William Horwood's Duncan Wood. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, folks. Look, that's it. There's lots of things going on. Uh, yeah, you know, life goes on. So, if you'd like to let us know what you thought about this episode, go over to skiffyandfanty.com slash listener suggestions. You can follow us at skiffyandfanty on most social media sites, all of which can be found on our link tree at Link tree, there's a dot between the tree in the tree. So L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Skiffy and Fanty. You can get our newsletter at skiffyandfanty.com slash newsletter. And if you like what we do, any level of support at patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty is really great because we get to use that money to pay for hosting and other kinds of things. And always, uh, we really need reviews this year, like a lot. Please review the show. Let folks know that, that you love us. So there you go. You can find me at SeanDuke.net. I'm Alphabet Streams on Twitch, where I currently stream Tuesdays, Thursdays from at 7 p.m. Central. And I'm at Patreon.com slash TheJoyFactory. And on various social sites like Twitter, Mastodon, at Linktree slash SeanDuke. And you can also find my interesting project called The Histories at SeanDuke.net slash The Histories. 
You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and on Twitch at The Rising Tides, my newsletter at brandonobrien.xyz, and at speculatorsf.com, where I'm currently not GMing a thing, because we just finished Fractal Spire, but I will be GMing a thing very, very soon. Perfect. Well, great. So uh, now that we've learned that we'll be doing TGRPG stuff this year, I will let everybody know that the first game that Brandon will be running for the podcast is actually going to be one where we play Sentient Fruit. Cool. Except for Paul, who will be a cucumber, which I think also is technically a fruit. So whatever. Uh, well, is a cucumber a fruit? Is a cucumber a fruit? Cu- no, yes, a cucumber has seeds. That's the defining inside. Yeah, that's the yeah. defining part of a fruit. A so seal, it's a fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'll be the most confusing of all the fruits because, like, I'll be a mango. You know, like I don't know. Like Mike could be. I feel like Mike would be like a like a mandarin. There is or... something. There is a, there. I'm sure there is a fruit. There is a thing that is qualified as a fruit, even though it has what is essentially its seeds outside, and I can't think of what it is. Strawberry. Strawberry. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Someone will have to be a strawberry. Also, I am confident there is a game like this already. Yeah, like probably. not a this not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and on that note, awkward ending and see. If you want to support this show, you can go to patreon.com slash skiffyandfanty or skiffyandfanty.com, our website, where you can get access to all of our fancy things. Our music comes from Holy Mole. You can support him and his work at patreon.com slash holy mole. Thank you for listening.